Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 394, covering Light and Shadows, with Mark Bosco. My friends, it's it's time for more disco and uh It's time Bob, for Bob disco. Has, yeah, oh yeah, we have a whole song for yeah. that. And Bob has joined us here on the, the lighted floor with his platform shoes and, and white polyester suit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Good luck for you, Man, Bob. I really, I, I really want one of us to have those platform shoes that have a live aquarium in, in each heel. <laughs> it's very cruel to the fish. I don't know. Get some around. They get to they get to see the world. Mm. No, I've learned a lot about fish in the last couple of weeks since my wife got a oh, fish. I guess, so I guess that's true. Huh. Yeah. F- the that first thing it. they told us was fish do not like to be in shoes. Oh. oh. So well, everybody write sad. that down in your copybook. That's a shame. <laughs> oh man, they haven't brought the copybooks out in years. Yeah. I wonder if they even still have them. Mm. <laughs> well, go find it and write it down. Uh huh. Ah, so this week we are covering an episode what is called Light and Shadows. Uh-huh. What, uh, f- first impressions, fellows? Mm, it was not very good. It's, I don't know. It was entertaining at the time, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's fair. Now, Bob, you, from from what I've been able to glean from social media and such, you are not quite as irritated with this season as maybe we are. Is that is that an accurate statement? Uh, Probably, yeah. Okay. Like, you seem to be enjoying... Some of the things that that kind of grate on us, which you know, when you've watched every single Star Trek constantly all the time, like it starts to wear on you. I think, yeah. and like the cumulative effect I, is is what I'm saying. I enjoyed four out of five X of the last episode. Oh well, that's wait, was that a math joke? <laughs> no, I just oh, didn't acts. enjoy the last act with the. Uh, oh, you know, the I thought you said four out of five X. So seventy five percent of the last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, acts. I got it. Acts. Yeah. No, 80%. 80%. Sorry, Matt. I, I did not come here to do math. You don't have the constitution for math. No, I don't have the constitution <laughs> for math. Right. Or literature. Uh, you have constitution for something. You have for sitting through all of Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> I'm starting to lose mine, but... My but body was it. perfectly designed to sit through all of Star Trek. Yeah. Apparently. I don't think I'd have that. Uh, I'm I'm losing it. I this show is losing me. But we'll we'll get into that. Bob, first, why don't you tell us what happened in Light and Shadows? I will. Please do. My mother told me that the greatest mysteries come in threes: past, present, future. Larry, Curly, Moe, Triple Taco Platter. But that has nothing to do with this story. There's they're still near Kaminar from the end of the last episode, and there's a bit of time doohickey in space near the planet, so they decide to send a probe in. Only they can't get the discovery close enough because time rift bullshit, so Firewolf Secret Agent Lieutenant Specialist Bad Penny Bag Salad Ash Tyler and Pike hop in a shuttle so they can go poke it with a stick. <clears throat> of course they get too close and get sucked in. Ash is being an asshole while Pike is trying to get them out of there. Eventually, they agree to set off a flare and hope that Discovery sees them. Meanwhile, Michael takes a vacation to Vulcan, like so much Worf, to maybe find Spock. 
Sarek is praying that Spock will come home, but Amanda knows what's what. Michael gets Amanda to take her to Spock, who is mumbling in a cave, repeating the litany against fear. (laughs) He's also scratched some numbers on the wall that Amanda has tried everything to decipher, except apparently to write them backwards. Sarek shows up, and he and Amanda have an argument about Alice in Wonderland, which somehow results in Sarek logicking his way to Spock must be handed over to Section 31 so they can rip out his brains. Back on the shuttle, Ash is still being a dick, and then their probe comes back to attack them, having been modified by someone 500 years in the future who was a real fan of Doc Ock. Yeah, kill Tyler, Octobot. (laughs) On Disco, Stamets is excited by the time rift, but also says it's impossible to find the shuttle unless you have water bear DNA, which makes Stamets better than the average bear. (laughs) Stamets does some math and or magic, beams over to the shuttle from 10 minutes into the future, and flies them out of the rift with no tribble at all. Except the rift keeps pulling them back in. During all of this, the probe is scanning everything in their Starfleet database at high speed. Surely this won't lead to some advanced race coming back to fuck around with Discovery later. On the Section 31 ship, Michael hands over Spock. Everything's Jake. Go on over to the Starbase, Michael. Your brother will be fine here. Everything's perfectly alright now. We're fine. We're all fine here. Now, uh, thank you. How are you? Giorgio corners Michael and tells her to fake beat her up and go save Spock and his glued-on eyebrows, because Giorgio's small heart grew three sizes that day. There's a nice little whoosh-up fight, and then Michael escapes. Turns out Giorgio did this all so that she could blackmail the Section 31 captain because he killed Michael's parents? I'm not sure how that's good enough to blackmail him, but whatever. Off in her shuttle, Michael turns the numbers around and discovers it's the coordinates of a planet, Talos 4. You know, the one with the big brains guys who put people in cages? I can only hope that means we'll see a green girl in the next episode. Back on the other shuttle, Tyler takes out his aggression on the probe thing with a giant wrench, while Stamets does some more math and then beams them back to the Discovery in the nick of time. Eh? Eh? Time? Arium also gets reprogrammed to buy a message from the probe thing. The Enterprise warps away, and Pike and Bag Salad have a laugh on the bridge and learn to give a care. Oh. Wait, did did you mean to say the Enterprise? <laughs> oh shit, no, Discovery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I kept doing that in my notes. I kept saying Enterprise instead of Discovery. Uh-huh. The Enterprise warps away from whatever the hell's happening here. <laughs> Thankful uh-huh. that they and don't the have Enterprise to deal with any of this crap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I just wanted to say two uh, special thanks to my daughter, Moira, for helping me punch up a couple of the jokes. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Is she watching the show with you? Uh, she's watched the last couple. Oh, that's cool. I've been kind of watching them first and saying, uh, there's a bunch of you know people blowing up and murdered, and maybe you don't want to watch this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this show definitely likes going dark. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It sure time. does. Jesus All Christ. The damn time. Someone, someone on Twitter this morning was saying, uh, apparently their impression is that most Star Trek fans enjoy this season way more than they did the first, and that we're kind of in the minority. That's what and I've been picking up on Tumblr, yeah. It's weird because it, my big problem seems like something that most Star Trek fans would agree with, which is there's too much secret police and too much genocidal maniacs and too, like mm-hmm. all the things we don't want in our hopeful utopian future, Yeah, you know? Like, that's my main complaint, is the tone is, I mean, there's others, but that's the big one. Mm -hmm. It's just too, 
bleak. You know? No, yeah. but the first season was bleak too. So it was very bleak, also. And and a lot of people didn't like it. And so, what's the difference? Like, I, what changed for those people? I don't know. Like less. Graf- I didn't like it then, and I still don't like less it. graphic Klingon sex for a start. I, that only happened for a second. I mean, it was terrible. It happened for a second, but it lasted for me for a million years. Mm. Well, okay. And like uh, for a minute, it looked like, okay, the end of last season and then the shorts and then the first episode of this season really took on more of a hopeful tone. And I kind of thought, good, yeah, this right? is the direction. And, the, and then they went back to all this again. Yeah. And every time I think we're done with Section 31, here we go again. We're never going to be done. We're not going to be done with Section 31 until they have their own TV show. Yeah, because for now they got to keep the interest in Section Thirty One up until it's time to do the TV show. Okay, and I would love them to go around and actually, you know, explore and find you know new planets and interesting little you know we would all episodes sometimes. But I guess they're a science ship. Yeah, but I guess the way that TV works now, it has to be you know a huge overarching plot for the entire season, Mm -hmm. or it's not good. Everybody wants to be Breaking Bad. This feels like a, a horrible monkey's paw thing because when we covered Next Gen and then DS9 started to be serialized, but then we went back to Voyager, we're like, oh, serialization, they need to remember what happened last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, here you go. They definitely remember what happened last week because Michael tells us about it at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> oh, no, Michael told us the thing happens in, things happen in threes. Like it was all this esoteric, mm. symbolic, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't mind continuity. I just... You know, no, no, that's what we're asking wish, for. Wish here. they'd have different adventures sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, and I thought that's where we were starting because we were exploring a couple of new planets at the beginning of the season, and then yeah, we're not doing. Yeah, it mm. got sidetracked uh, by Spock, 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 Spock. Remember Spock? Well, Spock. We we finally got him. Yeah. yeah, I honestly, when he shows up in this episode, I honestly was surprised. I thought I I, I really thought he wouldn't show up ever. <laughs> no, I thought it was near the end of the season. Like for me, or I, I mean, we've seen a list of the upcoming episode titles. I thought it would be the episode called The Red Angel, maybe. Mm. It's called the one which is still the three one weeks called away. Don't knock Spock. <laughs> Spock, don't muck. <laughs> or he'll clean your uh, clock. <laughs> and, and I'm just going to go into my bad thing here. We, we've complained about this a lot, but the prequel setting is really finding new ways to cramp my style. In in Journey to Babel, Sarek and Amanda hadn't seen or talked to Spock for years. The implication, maybe they didn't say this out loud. I guess I should go check. But mm. the impression I got was Spock decided to join Starfleet Academy. His dad got pissed off or Vulcan pissed off, which is showing no reaction, but clearly being pissed off mm-hmm. uh, and didn't talk to him for years. But now it's like, oh, but in between, he was a gibbering loon in their basement <laughs> But we j- we're not going to mention that later. This just this just never happened, yeah. I guess. And then the Talos Four reveal at the end, which we had to do a little digging, but it turns out this takes place between the cage and like the menagerie. So like Pike's already been there. All that stuff with Vina happened. So the planet's been like uh, forbidden by Starfleet by uh, penalty of death. Yep. But we haven't gone back there with with Pike in the wheelchair yet. Well, so. maybe Michael doesn't know. She was she was in prison. <laughs> Okay, but the Starfleet database tells her it's Talos 4. Shouldn't that automatically trigger oh, a, yeah, you know? Yeah, probably. Talos 4 is planet forbidden. Yeah, it, she put in the coordinates. The coordinates should have a big red flag saying, do not go here or we will kill <laughs> yeah, you." Yeah, and then she'll go anyway because she's Michael. Of course, that's fine. Mm. If, if uh, whatever. Maybe on the Spock thing, I mean, it's like after this, he doesn't, you know, it's 
10 years between this and the original series so maybe it just doesn't yeah we're like eight yeah it could be and it could still fit but it's the more they try to add things to guys we know really well Mm. the less it works for me like if we're in this setting i'd love to find out about guys we don't know much about what about young sulu what was he up to yeah you know like or you know we got got like crew that's on the bridge of this ship i was gonna well of course but I'm saying if you're doing the prequel thing and you want to fill out the world of things we're kind of familiar with, mm-hmm. I don't know. What was Janice Rand like? I was what gonna... was Nurse Chapel like? There's plenty of interesting characters we could explore that we know nothing about. I was yeah. going to say, we have this entire ship full of like guys from the cage that I thought we were going to spend time with. You know? Oh, yeah. Wasn't number oh, we one saw supposed number to be one in this for... show? We saw number one for 10 seconds. And like, she ordered a on, cheeseburger, was... which I respect. <laughs> I know, that was... But... That was great. I liked her. And Rebecca remains a good choice. Mm-hmm. And that seemed very, like, had a lot of potential. And then she just left again. Yeah. Like, oh, come yeah. on. This is how you use your prequel setting. We don't know much about Prime Pike. So let's learn about him. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's get to know number one a little bit, maybe. But no, instead, it's all Spock, Spock, Spock. Yeah. Mm. Just ugh, exhausting. This show, this show, I was saying this before the episode. This show has no faith in its in its characters to carry a story. And they're oh, all we've said great. that many times. Yeah, like we have to rely on this character everybody's fucking heard of. You don't need him. No, <laughs> no. And I've talked to some people who don't like who weren't into older Star Trek. Like there was like a twelve year gap between Enterprise and this, which is kind of a nice sort of palate cleanser. People coming in new could be like, all right, I've never seen Star Trek. What is this about? Mm-hmm. And a couple people have said like, and I was into it, and then this Spock thing happened. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. That's old Star yeah. Trek. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know what they're mean either. I don't know what they're thinking. And then Matt, your your big problem was like the way it was plotted. Yeah? This entire episode is just a whole lot of moving pieces around so that we can get to more important stuff later. This entire episode just feels like setting up, you know? And thankfully it's incredibly short. <laughs> like mm-hmm. everything about this episode, Michael and Spock, Spock the evil future probe. Giorgio in section 31. It's all just setting up the board before you play, and it's so boring. Like, it could barely even be bothered to be funny. <clears throat> Outside of Pike's ongoing hatred of Lieutenant Ash Tyler, which is still hilarious, like, nobody felt like they were doing anything. It just felt like they were like, all right, well, we all have to go to these certain places so we can get ready for the uh, back half of the season. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a complaint of a lot of serialized shows now. It's like we have a 15 episode season or whatever, and each episode needs to serve the overall plot. And yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. I think it was like the uh, overall plot needs to be less complicated <laughs> so that, that we too. can have yeah. more adventures. Mm-hmm. I, what I liked was sort of the Buffy model where there was an overarching plot for the season, but they would take a break from that and do a Monster of the Week here. Yeah, you go back and forth. X Files right. used to do the yeah. same thing. Yeah, exactly. I I think Buffy did it better. Sure. Well, like, yes. Their their plot made sense. Yeah, the, uh, there was a lot going on in X Files that uh, was confusing that and still stupid. doesn't make sense to this day. Uh-huh, yes. To this very day. <laughs> yes. Um, no, when that show was on, I loved uh-huh. it. But like when it wasn't, I uh, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, Bob. Oh, just going back to Matt's point about uh, Pike's ongoing hatred of Lieutenant Ash Tyler. Um, oh yes, <laughs> my bad thing was that at the end of the episode, Pike and Ash learn to give a care, and oh, they, you yeah. know they start getting along. And I just wanted to uh-huh. throw something at the screen, but I also didn't want to rip my screen, so I didn't. Because <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, never forget, Ash killed a guy. He, I yep. mean, Pike even says that at the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode. Uh, it's just like, why would you just suddenly let that go? Um, 
although uh you know when the, there's something that ash said to him in the shuttle and um you know at the end here pike correcting himself when he's been proven wrong or been called on something does seem to be in character so yeah at, at least that they, him bringing up that he murdered a member of their crew, which he did. Yep, I mean, he sure his, did. His weird ass resurrection, notwithstanding, mm-hmm. he still killed him. Mm-hmm. Like that just felt like them deliberately having a character turn to the camera and say, "Yeah, we remember he killed a guy. We don't care. He's still it's here. It's not like, important. We we all they're just acknowledging him. it and saying it doesn't matter. I care, and that yeah, me too. Feels, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we all do. Like that's what I'm saying. The show has too much edge. It has too much like. There shouldn't just be an unpunished murderer here. Just like as much as I love Michelle Yeoh, and I really, really do, Mm -hmm. we shouldn't constantly be rooting for a genocidal maniac who eats people. Yeah. Right? Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) Like, I wish she would, if she was still involved with the show, which is awesome, I wish she was playing the other Giorgio, which is one of the best Starfleet captains I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. But no, she's got to be the bad That's guy. That's yep. what I wanted her spin- spinoff series to be. It's like, let's do a prequel yeah. with George O. The yeah, because the character is interesting and cool. This one is horrible. I mean, she's good. She's good oh, at she's camping Oh, she's very good. She has a great line in this episode that I made my good thing. But um, Okay, what is it? So there's a part where um, Mike, they're talking about something or other. Michael asks George o if she killed her mother, and George o goes, as flatly as possible, it was a blur. It's the only time I laughed in the entire episode, and the delivery is so good. There's there's a bit where they're fake fighting for the for the sake of Michael escaping, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they, a phaser fire is exchanged, and it just very nearly almost hits her. And Giorgio just gives her a, like a shrug, like a huh? I don't know, trying to make it look real. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> that was very good too. Yeah. What do you want from me? I almost shot you. I like that yeah, fight look, too. Was very well choreographed. Oh yeah. I, I usually get a little bored with action sequences, but it was quick. Like, mm-hmm. it was well choreographed, and it didn't drag the episode down. It was like a minute, which is forever when you're fighting, but yeah. it didn't feel like, oh, God, why are they still fighting? Well, you, like, you have Michelle Yeoh in your show. You should definitely have her of course. fight somebody occasionally. <laughs> Not all <laughs> the time, I, but definitely ever, occasionally. Have we ever seen her mix it up with Michael before? Uh, there was that big fight scene at the end of uh, the Mirror Universe stuff that she might have fought Michael in. I don't remember. Mm. Uh yeah, I don't know. I know she fought um uh uh what's his name? Lorca. Lorca. Cuz I remember Jason Jason Isaacs talking about, "Okay, and today I have to Oh, good. I have to get into a fight with Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, this will be fun." Uh-huh. <laughs> You're going to do great, Lorca. Yeah. No, that was that was cute. I mean, um, you're a you're a well-known character actor and she used to run around on trees. Yeah. No, she's, you know, one of the biggest like um Martial arts stars in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah. And and uh, the bad guy from Harry Potter's dad. <laughs> oh, really? Not even oh, the right. main bad guy's dad. Yeah. Um. So my good thing is I, I won't say Pike this week because I say Pike every week. Mm-hmm. But, man, I really want to. Instead, I'll go with something else. Also, that's all my good thing said for quite some time. That's I'll true. I'll go with something else. Insert good thing later. <laughs> Okay, I did actually kind of like seeing Sarek and Amanda fighting, like, uh, over the whole Spock thing and over his weird thing for humans. And, like, there's there was a lot going on in that and argument. the fact that his and, entire family is an experiment. Yeah. But it was a nice back and forth, and it wasn't one-sided. It wasn't like, oh, well, that one's in the right and that one isn't. Yeah. No. She's like, she's like, well, 
you just see humans as this the thing you can manipulate. You don't respect humans. He's like, if I don't respect humans, I would have married a Vulcan dummy. I married you. <laughs> and like it was, it was not. It was nice seeing them not get along from me. Yeah, like, we never see we, that. We, well, we always see him in a professional capacity. Mm. We always see him being a diplomat, and she's got to be the diplomat's wife, which is quiet and at his side. Mm. That's what you do. Mm. So, like, it was nice to get a glimpse at their home life, and couples fight sometimes, yeah. and it it fleshed out a, a relationship. Like, I always assumed it was there. Like, this is a good retcon, or, you know, fleshing out of the background, yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Like, use of the prequel setting. Mm. Like, here you're showing me more about a relationship I don't know a ton about. That's a good use of it. Like, yeah, all right, good. Yeah. I liked all the stuff on Vulcan in general, apart from the Spock stuff. Oh, Vulcan looks real, real good, too. Mm. Yeah. We got a shot Bob, of, like, you were a Vulcan saying city, like... Well, I think they've used that one before, but it's good good continuity. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I, but Bob, you said in particular you like their, uh, the what I called the basement, but it's really their family <laughs> crib. Yeah, it was cool that it had, like, uh, a polished floor in there. You know, it was definitely a built space, but then there was uh, stalagmites growing over the polished floor it's just kind of a nice shorthand for this thing has been here for thousands of years yeah it's really cool and, and going back to their argument for a second i really loved kind of near the end of it that amanda was saying you know you're not my boss we're partners yeah. try again husband <laughs> right but also at that point she's getting physically close to him yeah. like yeah like not gross seductive and it would only be gross because it's in front of their kids they're they're a married couple it's fine yeah. but like she's she's very clearly like uh you know kissing and making up before the argument's over which i kind of like right like that's kind of a it's kind of a cheap trick we're just reminding him like a, we are close yeah uh-huh but but physical touch is so important to these guys that getting all up in his space while she's while they're still fighting is like kind of cheating mm -hmm. like here i'm just gonna start giving you a hand job while we're fighting <laughs> oh we're not fighting anymore look at that please not in front of the children please but that that brings me to young Michael and young Spock are touching fingers. We know what that means on Vulcan. It's gross. Yes. <laughs> he was trying to teach her the, uh, the, the Vulcan salute thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do that without touching. Well, Michael doesn't know, first of all. I don't know. Yeah, I know. That didn't bother me. No, It, it did bother is... me that uh, they straightened her hair and gave her a Vulcan bowl cut. Well, that's we, uh... we've seen that since, like, uh, what, there's a flashback yeah, been... in season one where she comes on the... The ship and no, she's, no, this is, it's the beginning of season two. That, oh no, 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 no! Sorry, you're right, you're right, you're right. Sorry. And like she's super, super Vulcan. Mm. Yeah. No, I think I think that was her choice. I think she so much wanted to be like them that mm. she's like, I want, I want to be ever like, I want to wear their clothes, yeah. I want their hairstyle, I want to go to their school, I want to do everything like them. No, mm. I remember That's seeing that I and you're like, that. oh, Sarah did a real number on this one. Yep. He does a real mm. number on everyone. <laughs> yes. Not a great That's, father. That, he does numbers. That's his thing. Uh huh. And these numbers are backwards the... in this case. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. Let's not Spock have dyslexia has... works. Yeah, no. Spock has a learning disorder, and I like that Star Trek is talking about, like, in the future, that there's still things like that. I think that's, that's super mm. interesting, and I think, like, yeah. it, like, it's something that Spock never would talk about, so, like, it makes sense that we've never sort of heard about yeah, but it. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't add anything to his character, where I was saying their argument added a little layer to their relationship. This doesn't change anything we already know about Spock. It just served the plot because mm. it's a super dumb plot point where Michael's like, wait a minute. He's got something very similar to dyslexia that we gave a different name to, mm -hmm. but is clearly just like dyslexia where he sees things backwards. Well, and 
someone needs to reverse these numbers. That's how the plot works. Well, see, like, it could mean a lot to, like, people who actually have, like, dyslexia to see that yeah. in a character. If they, ex- like, if they did any, like, research on what that actually means. But it's so, it's such a, like, uh, it's. No, it's just there to plop up, prop, plop up the prod. <laughs> yeah. Plop up prop up the plot like it just moves things along like oh michael figured out this thing no one else could because she knows this about spock and it's Mm. such a like a like a first draft sort of idea of what dyslexia actually is and it doesn't inform anything about his character or the way he acts or anything like that's what it that's why it bothers me as a retcon not that oh we now know this thing about spock just that if if it if they came up with a clever thing that was like oh he always acted a little weird about this now we know why yeah you know what I mean? Like, there's a way to do that and add details, and this was not. It just that. it just feels this like was it was thrown in as an after. Yeah, whatever. We'll figure out what it actually means later. It's not important. Yeah. If you're gonna yeah. do that, do your research. Yeah. That's fine. He's a Vulcan. It's different. Yeah. It means everything's backwards. I'm a good <laughs> okay, writer. <whatever. laughs> Except he in- inherited the learning disorder genetically from his mother, which means it's not some weird Vulcan version of it. It's just human dyslexia mm-hmm. right yeah so maybe or maybe it's a combo like he had a recessive gene for the vulcan one and hers yeah, pushed it over be. the edge i the the whole and i don't know much about this science but the whole genetic idea of two completely different species breeding doesn't make a lot of sense anyway and mm-hmm. it's probably best you don't drill down too far <laughs> into that but probably like i'm willing to hand wave it because it gave us spock and balana and lots of good characters but like the more you talk about it, the less sense it makes. Mm. So, uh, Bob, what was your good thing? Uh, well, you said you wouldn't say Pike this week, so I'll say Pike this week. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to save it for one of you guys. <laughs> um, as Flonk said on Twitter, Pike is the only person on this show treating Bag Salad Ash Tyler correctly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, just oh, shut up, Ash, and stop taking the name of groomy demon hunter Ash Williams. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I don't know. I just, there's one good Ash. I want that guy to go that's, away. Yeah, and it's, it's not even that I hate him as a villain. You know, I like hating him. I just, oh, just want him to go away. Yeah, he's not a villain though. He's he's an antagonist, but he's supposed to be working with our guys, sort yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't every know. time and, he's on camera, I'm just go away. Well, he's the weakest actor in Get the a ensemble job, by you far. Hippie. Mm. <laughs> I just I don't think he's up to the caliber of the other characters. Like they give yeah. him these speeches. He's got a thing near the end of this where he's like, "Now we're in a fight for the future," and Ugh. that's such a dumb line. But one of the good actors in this group could have sold it, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. It's like, boy, that just sounds stupid. Well, then Pike reiterated it after uh, we're always in. Yeah, a fight. and it sounded okay coming out of him yeah. for the future. Yeah, we're always fighting for the future, you dumb idiot. Close your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> But also, you're completely right, Bob, that they did not put in the work of having those two reconcile. Like, right. I, I didn't completely hate the idea. Like I mentioned this last week, I like the Pike doesn't want him there. Like you say, I, it's a good take on that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, I don't want secret police. I don't want this guy. He killed one of our guys. He also, like, screwed over Michael, who I quite like. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of stuff going on. I don't want him here. Oh. And then having them have to be on a shuttle together is very classic Star Trek. They've done that. A lot of times. And there's a thing during this like last piece on the bridge where Pike thanks Tyler for yeah. saving him. It's like, when did that happen? Pike saved Tyler. Yeah. yeah. From the, you know, yeah, Matrix we, we uh, Sentinel thing. Oh, the robot octopus. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. 
Matt, I assume you loved that, right? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you're further gone than I thought. <laughs> I never imagined a time when a robot octopus could barely get a reaction out of nah. you. Oh, that's I've seen I've seen hypervolved probes before. They're nothing new. Also, it was cool pretty... looking when it looked like uh, Lieutenant Ash Tyler was going to be murdered by Doctor Octopus. So, well, you know, yeah, small victories. I think I think it's pretty obvious that we're about to tie into the um, to the short about uh, the ship being evolved. Yeah. Which at the time, what I said was the reason I didn't like it the first time is I was waiting for the dumb like end bit where it turns out oh we went back in time and it never happened or some dumb thing like that mm -hmm. and it feels like that's where we're headed now mm -hmm. like I was happy to be wrong but maybe I just needed to wait a little bit you know mm. maybe uh, we'll get our show back then just go all the way back to her starting the Klingon war uh, uh, <laughs> I mean I'd like that but I don't know also the reveal that that section 31 guy murdered Michael's parents? What? Right. Well, doesn't seem very necessary. Ten, or, well, she already had a great tragic backstory, like a senseless death. Mm -hmm. And then she was faced with the people, like the same kind of people who killed her parents and freaked out. Like that was all yeah. very good. And now it's like, oh, but none of that actually happened. Instead. Mm -hmm. like, ugh. And what, how can that possibly be big enough that Giorgio can blackmail him for it? Yeah. Well, because when you piss off Michael Burnham, you've seen what happens. <laughs> she could start a war. Yeah, she could. She could do so much. Mm. Georgiou's like she's already gotten one of me killed. <laughs> I did, she didn't murder her. I had to take that back. But she already got one of me killed. Yeah. She didn't help not murder her though. That's the, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't not help her unkill. Yes, I correct. I, I, I like listening to you do the math on that one. <laughs> yeah. I had to read it backwards, but then I got it. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I Also, more of the flashbacks of young Michael and young Spock. I still think young Michael's very well cast, and young Spock is not. Young Spock mm. is very small. He's a small boy. <laughs> his, just his chubby little face. I don't know. He, just, it, uh, he didn't have the right features. Like I'm Spock. He didn't look... It didn't look like that kid would grow up to look like hmm. like the guy they got playing Spock in this looks eh, kind of like Nimoy enough that I'm like, all right, that's probably the same guy. But that kid was just too, I don't know. Like he's a chubby cheeked cherub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chubby cheeked cherub. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Indeed. This uh, is a, again, this is a very short episode, so that's nice. I like that the uh, mm -hmm. time rift kind of looks like uh, Kip Thorne's black holes, like the the one in Interstellar, where it's got you know the way the light bends around it. Mm. I didn't see that, but uh, I guarantee, like a bunch of our listeners will, <laughs> are nodding their heads in agreement right mm. now. Oh, um, all I heard was that it was very, very long, and like that, usually, like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I'll watch it someday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like it a lot. No, I heard it was good. I just heard it was very long. And, you know. That's true. Um, Matt, you were going to say oh, something? Oh, yeah. Uh, Arium is possessed now, so that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that'll give us a glimpse into what Arium's whole setup is. That's so the that's good something. news. Uh, the bad yeah. news is we have another character that's possessed by evil or whatever, so that's yeah. exciting. Keep that one I in mean, the back pocket for a couple episodes, so we just cut to her with evil red eyes, and then, you know, she'll yeah. take over the ship or whatever. Well, they, yeah. I mean, she's I like a, is she a cyborg or a robot? We, we don't or know. What is she? We don't know. That's what I'm saying. That, now we'll know what, like, the writers 
in season one, someone asked and they're like, we actually don't know. Uh, a couple of us think she's this and oh. a couple of us think she's this and we haven't decided <laughs> so yet. So at least okay. we'll figure that out, I assume. So yeah, we'll get a definitive answer mm. on what her whole deal is, which is kind of cool. Yeah, because it felt like she was reprogrammed and not. Yeah. Yeah, she seems more possessed. she seems more robot than not to me. So Yeah. But <laughs> also, we don't have the technology to make a data yet. So like, there's we'll still there's have probably, androids. Uh, we talked yeah, about I, this. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, Mud had, yeah. Yeah, but well, if she's an alien know. android or something, then it could be more advanced yeah, than... That's true. Now, th that, this one doesn't bother me as much. Like, Data is a no, more sophisticated android, but I mean, that doesn't mean we can't have any. Mm. No, it, do it doesn't bother me. I'm just trying to puzzle it out. Yeah, that's fair. I'm trying to figure out what she might be based on, because they're, they're mostly respectful of that mm. stuff. No, I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't want to see another dumb possession episode either, but if this gives us a chance to to pull back the curtain and see what she's all about, then that's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to find something because yeah. everything's going exactly where I think it's going, and I hate that. I want to be wrong so bad. Mm. I want this show to say, shut up, Al. You don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Just sit down and shut up and enjoy. And I would love that, but they're not. They're doing all the dumb, predictable things I think they're going to do. Yeah, I do really want to learn yeah. more about all the bridge crew, though. Yes. Yeah, me too. Uh, what's his name? Reese, the uh, the young Asian dude who's uh, I think tactical. Yeah, uh, the guy Lorca we, used to yell like, at. <laughs> yeah, he got like he got like a thirty second moment. Yeah, like it was it was like I wanted more because it was Saru and him trying to solve a problem and he helped solve the problem. Right. And it was like, yeah, this guy seems cool. Let's let's spend a little time with him. Nope, time to do something else. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man. <laughs> I want to, like, we've said this many times. I want to know more about him. I want to know more about Bryce. I want to know more about um, uh, uh, Detmer. Mm -hmm. All of them. And they're just there. It's irritating. Yeah. But, I mean, we also haven't really learned more about our main character. Like, do you know more about Michael other than something happened with Spock when they were kids? I know she's mm -hmm. real upset about her brother Spock. Spock, Spock, yeah, Spock. But, have you heard about Spock? But, Spock. Have, have you gotten any insight into her characters this season at all? Nope. Uh, like last season, she was so complicated and there were so many layers and so many bad decisions informed by things in her past. And it was like, for all the problems I had, her ride was fascinating. Mm -hmm. This season, she's just here to prop him up. No, because everything about Disco this year services the plot. We have been yeah. jumping from episode to episode and adventure to adventure constantly. We never slow down to spend time with the yep. characters that is my number one problem with this season so far mm -hmm. yeah same and it wasn't as bad at the start because i didn't notice yet but like yeah. as we're getting for this is episode seven of this season yes it is we're we're at the halfway point now because i think they're doing 14 this year. and the whole thing has just been go 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 yeah yeah we and we learned a little about pike at least that you know he does regret not being part of the war mm -hmm. uh, yeah no i like all that i like like uh, honestly, I, I do feel like I know a little more about Christopher Pike, not just that, but also his sort of wholesome, like he grew up with his dad was like a minister or something. Yeah. And like, mm. he seems kind of, I, I said this a week or two ago, like kind of like a, you know, like sort of a wholesome Christian boy, yeah. like, but not in a, not in a shitty way where he's pushing it on people. Just like, I, I don't know. Don't. Do the like, right thing. Don't swear around yeah. me. It kind of bothers me, and I think I want to try to do the right thing. And like, I don't know. It's it's a nice take on a captain we haven't seen before. Yeah. Hey, he's he's fun square dad. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> that Boy Scout type. Yeah. He's that Superman type. He's like, and if Superman's in the right hands, he's very interesting because mm -hmm. 
compared to everyone else, he's kind of a dork, but he's also kind of sweet, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I like that about him. Oh, yeah, that little moment where uh, uh, Tilly is saying, oh, if you put time in front of it, everything, it sounds cooler. And uh, and uh-huh. Pike says, oh, yeah, we're getting close to the rift. Mm, time rift. And he has this yeah, little smile. Like, oh, yeah. that is cool. <laughs> All of his interactions with her have been like that, yep. where he sees an opportunity to prop her up just a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's it's subtle, and I love it. Because he knows, he knows she's a little freaked out and her, her brain goes a little fast and she just needs a little encouragement. Mm. And yeah. he, he's offered that to her at so many opportunities. And I love that yeah. about him. Like the, the captain is always very much a dad figure. And this is a new type of dad we haven't seen before. And I like him a lot. Mm. Mm. Plus he's hot. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. Lord. Yeah. No, I, I think we're all on the same page there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anything else? <laughs> Uh, there was, there was one thing, uh, when Giorgio, uh, cornered Michael and was telling her stuff, she offhandedly says, I know so much more about you than you can imagine, but that's for another time. It's like, uh-huh. what is that about? I mean, it could just be, you know, that she knows who killed her parents, but it feels like maybe there's something more there and who knows? I don't Well, She, I feel like section 31 has files on everyone is how I read that. Like she, she has a special interest mm. in Michael because of all the crap they went through, and she probably dug into her background and like, ooh, I know all kinds I mean, of secrets about you yeah, now. She okay. must have, because she's only been in, in this universe for about, like, what, six months? Like, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure how much time passed. But, well, no, no time passed between season one and two. Yeah. Because we immediately picked up where we left off. So, yeah, maybe that. Hmm. Like, six months, but, I mean, six months is, like, surprising. Yeah. Although that character, I definitely would. Oh, I'm in this universe now. All right, let's see how. Let's see what I can get in charge of. Right. Oh yeah, I have I have access to all the secret files on everyone. Well, of course I'm gonna like get dirt on everyone I know. You fools. <laughs> uh huh. You've underestimated I mean, we... me for the last time. <laughs> oh, who would have ever imagined that a genocidal c- cannibal would act like this? <laughs> we never saw, we it saw coming. this coming. Yeah. Ugh. Ah, she deserves so much better. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? Yeah, I think that's it. Mm, there were a couple of nice transitions that I noticed where they were like moving oh, the camera yeah. in the same direction and overlaying elements between shots. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. That was cool. Yeah, there was, there were there, like some of the visual stuff in a, some uh, some previous episodes with the janky camera and all that is not my favorite but they did some they did they had some interesting visual flair yeah. mm. I'll, I'll definitely give you that yeah i like the editing pretty well i, I will take yeah, that over the editor. weird spinning and shit that they were doing last year or last episode yeah uh, i don't have it in front of me right now but a listener wrote in to say that a couple of weeks ago was the uh, the hardest to watch discovery episode she'd ever seen and uh, what she meant was because of the camera it was literally hard to watch yeah. I'm like, yeah, I get it. All right, Bob, you got a quote for us? Uh, yeah, here's Tilly talking about Italian food. I'm calculating the shuttle's trajectory, not in three-dimensional space, but using corresponding coordinates within the mycelial network. My fourth-dimensional math must be off. Looks like I just sprayed the monitor with grated Parmesan. All right. Gene Parmesan. <laughs> Gene! <laughs> he did uh. it again! <laughs> All right, well... That's all for this time. Next week, uh, oh, wait. Next week, I remember the title is something terrible. Let me just, oh, no, it's not too bad. It's called If Memory Serves. So if, it's probably going to be about Arium, I'm guessing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because if memory, because it's like her computer her memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I yeah. get it. Wonderful. 
It's uh-huh. a funny joke. Because you're a horse and I'm a horse. Everybody laugh. Roll on snare drum. <laughs> <laughs> but Doctor the Man said, I'm Gene Parmesan. <laughs> All right. So as ever, uh, the email address postatomichorror at gmail, uh, the website postatomichorror.com, the um, Tumblr postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter at Algar, at Robot Matt. Bob, would you like to give out your Twitter? Uh, I am at Bob Tiki on Twitter. Yes. And while you were telling us various ways to see things that you get up to, <laughs> why don't you tell us about things you get up to? Uh, I still have the podcast, uh, opticalpodcast.com, uh, which is about the history of visual effects and technology, film technology, uh, mm-hmm. which hasn't had a new episode in a while, but I hope to get back to that with season three, season three in a few months here. Um, and I've got some other stuff going on at vixenlabs.com. Excellent. Mm. Uh, you are also involved in our uh, fanfic project, oh, Endeavor. Yeah. Yeah, Endeavor has which, officially launched this week. Yes. The first episode is now available, uh, ussendeavor.com, and it's spelled without a U because I didn't know we spelled it the dumb Canadian way. <laughs> How dare you? So it's in. Yeah, well, I did. I thought it was an American shuttle, and we spelled it the way Americans spell that word, but apparently it's probably from the British tradition, and we spelled it that way. But anyway. Yep. It's Endeavor Without You, ussendeavor.com. Uh, we are on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, and then there's a sort of a general US or RSS feed there that you can plug into any podcast app and subscribe, or you can download the episode direct. And uh, also the website has a lot of very cool uh, listener art that we've received, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of excellent stuff there. Um, we're super excited about it. The first episode rolled out. Uh, it's now coming out monthly, so the first of every month there will be a new episode. I'm just about to start editing episode two uh, soon. Yep. Uh, and we're super excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's coming together real well, so uh, please check that out. Yeah. Uh, you Actually, if you subscribe to the show already, you would have gotten a sample of it, so you, you kind of have a, a taste of what it's like. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Definitely listen to it so mind. you can hear me read the credits. Yeah. <laughs> well... We're we're once we finish recording this, we're gonna record an actual dramatic role for oh, you. Yeah. So like it's not you're you're not just the uh, announcer. It's just that's all we had for you the first time. But for the second, well, that's time, what uh, I'm best known as. Of course. <laughs> well, spoiler alert! Now you're gonna be a Cardassian. Yes. So. Ooh. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, please check that out. We're we're very pleased with how all that's coming out. And and I I will just say there was a lot of stuff. A lot of exposition we had to unload in that first episode and if it felt a little explainy to you look we know we tried real hard mm-hmm. uh going forward it's it's going to be less that and more character driven we're we're trying to put in everything we're we sort of missed from star trek and everything you hear us complaining about in disco basically like is the opposite <laughs> in our show because i'm doing an entire episode where characters are just hanging around and not doing anything yeah, exactly i just want to get to know these characters i don't I don't care about a season plot. <laughs> no, we do have a plot, but it's just, it's way more character driven. Mm. all. Mm. So check that out. And uh, we'll be back next week with maybe this show. will pull it out. Cause who knows what we're ever going to get with this show. Maybe next week will be great. It's certainly possible. I hope so. Well, yeah. Uh, but until then, yeah. See ya folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Elgar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this for fun.